My Little Organic Garden, or My Log, was founded by Dunya Merrill Georgievic in 2010. Then in 2013, on a retreat in Santa Barbara for the Living Beauties, Dunya and I met. We talked about how to achieve optimum health. Dunya is a filmmaker and a master organic gardener. I, Anne Myra, also known as Annie Walton Teeter, I'm a singer-songwriter, a children's book author, and a writer, as well as a visual artist. We believe that art is life and that life is art. So let's plant some seeds in this fertile soil and thrive. We decided to join forces to discuss everything from plant-based meals to Juice Plus and our tower gardens. We want to give back and save the planet and the inhabitants on it, humans, creatures. We hope to learn to give and receive and inspire girls and women to reach for the stars because we're all made of stardust after all. My log is a beautiful metaphor for making the garden of life and sharing our bounty. Dig it. Please follow us on Instagram at My Little Organic Garden or on Facebook or our website is MyLittleOrganicGarden.com. Hi, Annie. Hello, Dunya. How are you? Well, luckily, I'm incredibly blessed to be healthy and alive. I am pretty unsettled, however, about how this morning on the 24th at 5 a.m., um, Putin started bombing the Ukraine, and that is incredibly unsettling for me. And because yeah. really the reality is it's history repeating itself. My great grandfather was murdered in the early 1900s by the Tsar in Ukraine, and his mother took him and his brother, four and six year old boys, and fled to Switzerland. So, yes, yes, thousands and millions of thoughts going through my head today, and I'm incredibly sad for any innocent lives that are being lost. And I just yes. Well, I have strong feelings like you uh, about it. It doesn't, unfortunately, as someone who grew up in Eastern Europe and was born there and uh, immigrated to the U.S. at the age of 12 with parents who, you know, I'm from Serbia, which is former Yugoslavia. So there's such a long you know, complex history. Uh, and part of why we immigrated is because my parents were very uh, anti-communist, uh, educated as, as most people there are. And yes. uh, they, they were not 
willing to join the communist party and it's always was a dream you know for them to just leave however you know life was very difficult as immigrants and there's many opportunities because my father was very high up in his in his uh career and world of profession um as a television director and documentary filmmaker and part of his family, his sister was very famous actress. And, and so he had, he was given very rare opportunities, which aren't the norm, where he didn't even have to join the Communist Party, which is unheard of in order to be offered these very high level jobs in broadcasting and television and so on. And he was one of the first directors to, to do uh, live broadcasting uh, there. And he did it for 20 years. But, you know, we, we immigrated, and so it's it's you know people who were born there, and and it's funny you say in the early 1900s your great grandfather, because oddly enough, my grandmother who was born in 1902 had as a little girl immigrated to the U.S. with her father and left her mother and younger uh, siblings at home because they were supposed to join them later. And they went to New York and were there for a number of years. That's they lost fascinating. A number of years. This. You're yeah. just telling me this now. I know. I've, I've never told you this, but she forgot Serbian and Hungarian, which was her original language, and learned English only as they waited and lost contact with the mother and finally realizing that something must have happened. The, she sold violets on the corner in New York City. Oh, my God. That oh. is a miracle. I cannot even. Can believe. you even imagine that? No. I no. can't either. And so especially since I know my grandmother, obviously, much, much later, and she never spoke a word of English. She completely forgot it. And That's... later in her old age, when we immigrated, because she was actually one of those one of those key proponents in our family pushing us to immigrate and leave um, because she had had that experience of leaving and then going back. And wow. so she was always like, go to America. And wow, that's amazing. Yeah, it is amazing. And then when she was older and we brought her over when she was in, you know, she, she died in her 80s, but she, when she was in her 70s, we, she came over and she did not speak a word of English. Never for completely. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's kind of funny in that it sense. Is, it is but funny. but to, to go back, yeah, we were just having at the dinner table this conversation a little bit ago. I honestly, and you said the same thing, I honestly thought we had moved past wars, that we were, right. you war know. Right, war is over. War I mean, is not the, the, the bombing. It makes me so sad. The it's bombing of, of the Serbia, answer. you know, even though Serbia, and this is so controversial because most people don't know the truth behind the whole PR machine, which was, you know, always pitting one, like having a bad guy and a good guy. And that whole thing was pitted. And it was all a political um, maneuvering in order to, for for completely uh, some other political reason. Political gain. For like political exactly gain that has nothing to do with, the, with, with what's actually going on there. And, right. you know, it's like, yeah, there it was. It was a war going on, and then on top of that, like Serbia, 
ousted its final. I mean, my dad cried when the day this happened. This is the day he thought he would never live to see. And he looked at me and said that this is the most important day of my life. When, when, what when Milosevic was ousted from uh, by the people, by, by hundreds of thousands of people who marched in the streets of Belgrade, which is the capital of Serbia, which is my home town where I was born, and he got thrown out and Serbia became a democracy. So this was a long, long line because Yugoslavia, former Yugoslavia, was one of those unique Eastern Bloc countries that was independent that actually back in its in the day when it was communist and under Tito, it was able to shake the Soviet Union off its tail by oh. because Tito was such a celebrity dictator. He was a celebrity like the world loved Tito. When he died, every freaking country came to his funeral. It was he, you know, if you remember, you were probably way too young to, to remember him in the news. He'd always wear these white suits. And he was always good with the West. He always was such a diplomat. And he was able to keep the Soviet Union out, unlike the other uh, rest of Eastern Europe. So it seemed as if Yugoslavia was independent, but it was under his hold. And, and he did all kinds of atrocities. I mean, he, that's why we left. When I mean, we left, because it was like a boiling point while he was alive it was just a matter of time for that to explode and when he died it did explode because he didn't set up any kind of system other than just his own power and maintaining himself in the system of communism there but in the whole you know all of it the brainwashing and all of it it's very you know he was not many people know this. He's actually from the Soviet Union, believe it or not. How he became like the leader of Yugoslavia is like a little interesting story, but that's not what I'm going to talk about right now. I'm just to get back to the present. I even knowing the Wiley and like never believing face value of anything in politics because right. I come from. You know, I come from a place that everything was double talk and game nothing, of chess. a game of chess. Nothing was ever what it was. No one was allowed to speak the truth. And so everyone read between the lines. Everyone knew that everyone in power lies and, and doesn't, you know, so it's right. like once you're trained that way, you're pretty yeah. much forever. Don't believe yeah. anything you yeah. ever said face value. So but even I thought we had passed the time of wars because that that last thing and you know was so personally obviously shocking and disturbing when Serbia got bombed but I thought that was like the end of an of an era of I don't know but but it's it's so naive it's so naive to think that because clearly that's not the truth and the last of the dictators are of Russia and China are, are alive and well and um, you know not to get into the whole Middle East as well, but just they are the last bastion of that need, you know, this needs to be dismembered into a democracy, how that's going to happen. It's not going to happen while Putin's alive. Well, that's what's so disheartening. I mean, it just breaks my heart. A, that innocent lives are being lost. And I see no, there's no, way out like there's no positive positive like the u.s cannot 
send troops over there were absolutely against that. And I am fully against that. I don't want any more war at all, period. Well, like, why would they support Putin unless Trump no, is no, sending they troops? Wouldn't, no, no, they <laughs> wouldn't support Putin. I mean, to be against Putin. I mean, send oh, well, troops send over troops there for to, to protect, yes, to, yes. To, to give um, Ukraine. the Ukraine some protection. Yeah. I mean, the Ukraine compared to the Soviet Union is like a, a grain of sand at the beach. I mean, right, it's, it's so, like ant. It's like an yeah, ant compared so, to a superpower. Right, it's right. So right. Because they're so much smaller. And it's so sad. So there's a mass, you know, exodus now of people just. Um, they're trying to escape for and they're going their to lives. be there's going to be tons of probably millions of immigrants that come to yes. here and come to europe yes. and come to yes. the states and yes i mean and yeah. all because of this all because or supposedly all because of this de- divisive uh like Fear of democracy. Not just fear of democracy, but just this divisive way that our entire world is is basically divided up. Who's in NATO? Who isn't? Who's invited in the club? Who isn't? Who's part of the EU? Who isn't? And it's like Ukraine got invited to NATO and and the Soviet Union isn't part of NATO. So so that was like a trigger, <laughs> a trigger for you know, this whole, acting I mean, out. animosity yeah. and yeah. acting out yeah. and just stronghold and, you know, power monger move. Um, but I don't know, you know, we, we're, we're just really, it's really saddening. It's really depressing. It's a tipping point. I mean, last night I started reading this book by John Wargo called The Green Intelligence, and that's all about the fact that, sadly, those nuclear tests on Bikini Island, you know, that have now affected five generations of human beings. And they had to flee their island in the Marshall Islands for 40 years before they were allowed back on their homes. And they're all dying of different kinds of cancers. And so if we suddenly, if this whole Putin thing starts a world war, I just will just be broken heart i mean we cannot damage our planet and the people anymore like that's what i just don't understand i there's no reason for war like i thought that by the year 2022 that people would have have come to their senses and you know realize well we know that but unfortunately the way um the way politics and governments work you know yes you can vote yes you can have your voice heard but uh it just requires so much more involvement in what's actually going on what legislature is doing what you know what even your city you know yeah the policies yeah the policies and city representatives what who they are and what they're doing and what they're thinking and on your behalf all the way up up the 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 chain of command and up the ladder of of this huge country and um you know i was just telling my son at the dinner table you know when the vietnam war happened it was the 60s and a lot of people not only because of it was the 60s 
did they not believe in the war itself, but they also didn't believe in in the the principles of the war going to Vietnam and in war as a concept, and they fled to Canada to to es escape the being drafted into the into the war. And I don't know why I was telling him that. He's only fifteen. He didn't really know what I was talking about. Well, but... we don't want him to be drafted to like. What if all of a sudden he's drafted to go fight Serbia? Right. I mean. Um... Ukraine, Russian, Russian, yeah, or the foreign, Russians. Yeah. yeah, I mean, God. Yeah, I mean, it's it's it is an it is unfortunate. It in a, in in that's such an understatement. It's it's such a travesty with all the with all the things going on in the world globally yeah. with the yes. planet, with yes. the global warming, with COVID, with, with extinctions of different animals and species, and biodiversity, and just nuclear power, exactly. all of it. It's just and now we really to, didn't we need to we save didn't the need, planet. We didn't need a war right now. Right, That's exactly. like really not what we needed to do, Putin. No. Can we just talk about this? Who is in charge of this man? <laughs> right, right. I don't yeah. know. Obviously, no one. Um, but it's also unsettling that two for people that were persecuting Trump that they suddenly resigned, probably because who knows why, but they got death threats or something. Probably, yes, probably something like that. And I mean, that's the other thing, because we really in this country are just about to go through this whole possibly losing or gaining Democrat seats. So it really is about world democracy. I mean, mm -hmm. what ends up being this war is really about democracy in the world. And it's versus the other option, which is what dictatorship and Yeah, whatever happened to um, I mean, the one human kindness. Yeah, human kindness. The one Russian leader who uh, whose name I'm totally blanking on right now, that wonderful guy who brought down the Berlin Wall. Gorbachev? Gorbachev. I don't know. Is he still alive? I don't know. I was just thinking about him because when you think about Russian leaders, there aren't too many that come to mind as, um, you know, kind people kind people except for him he was really an exception and he was an exception i wonder i don't know if he i personally do not know i don't have any idea if he's still alive or not yeah yeah we need we need a new a new wave of different leadership leadership in in all of these huge world powers somehow yes. It all has to disintegrate. And, you know, in the, in the large scheme of things, things always get worse before they get better. But that's true. Um, I'm trying to trying to be hopeful. Yes, let's be positive. <laughs> trying and to be hopeful. Prayers are certainly with. I think everyone. with everything we've been through uh, as as a human race in the last few years, um, we have made a lot of a lot of gains on uh, things that matter globally, both both environmentally and for our planet, as well as just COVID has forced people to look at ourselves socially as well. Right. 
And, um, you know, this is just coming to surface as a reminder that, no, we have still a lot, a lot more work to do on a global scale. Um, I really send a lot of um, prayers to the Ukraine people and hope they, you know, can, can leave and to safety. I as well. I don't think we usually talk about politics, but I think um, I'm glad you brought it up and I'm glad we had this conversation considering this happened today. And yes, it does affect everything and everyone, regardless whether we're American or from the Soviet Union or anywhere else. Thank you for your discussing it with me today. And hopefully we will have your guest for the following week. Yes, I hope so too. Okay. Bye. Bye.